Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Around the Word of God, we thank God for this opportunity that He's giving us to hear the Word of the Lord. We believe that God has blessed our eyes so that we may see and discern spiritual things. We believe that our ears are blessed according to the Word of the Lord. For Jesus said, Blessed are your ears, for they hear, and your eyes, for they see. Today, I want to teach you and talk to you about the law of increase and spiritual development. The law of increase and spiritual development. We need to have an understanding that any kind of increase in our lives whether it be increase in God's presence, increase in His blessings, or an increase of His active involvement in our daily struggles. We need to understand that these things don't just happen automatically, just because we have need of them. All of these things that I am speaking to you about in relation to increase and spiritual development, are governed by spiritual law. Just as there are natural laws that govern the universe, even so there are spiritual laws that govern the blessings of God, the increase and spiritual growth and development. We need to have an understanding, though, of what that law is and how to actively engage with that law before we see these wonderful blessings into our everyday lives. Jesus explains to us what governs increase and how this law can be applied And he gave us that secret or that divine revelation in Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, verses 24 and 25. These verses here contain a spiritual law, the law of increase and spiritual development. I'm going to read from the Amplified Translation, first of all, verse 24 from Mark's Gospel, chapter 4. And Jesus said to them, Be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. I want to read that verse again. It's a very important verse 
when it comes to spiritual development and increase in our lives. He said to them, Jesus is speaking, Be careful what you're hearing. For the measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. Jesus said in this portion of scripture that the way we hear and receive the living word of God will determine the blessings we receive from him. If we hear and receive the word with honor, with respect, with faith, we will receive the blessing and the virtue that is locked up in the word we hear. But if we approach the word as a common word, or inferior, or powerless, it will not do us any good. The key is that the attitude of our hearts by which we approach the Word of God determines what we're going to receive from the Word of God. I believe that the measure of blessing, favor, grace, and power we enjoy and experience at this stage of our life is proportionate to the measure of honor and obedience we have given to the Word of God we have heard and received in our lives. That's why Jesus said, the measure of thought and study and obedience to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge and blessing that will come back to you. This is very important for us to understand this. If I desire greater blessing and revelation from the Word, which I do, then I need to give greater honor and greater obedience to the Word of God, which was spoken to me by the Spirit of God. I can have and you can have as much of God as we want. That's what the Bible says. There is no limit to what we can receive from God in terms of His grace, in terms of His blessing. The only limits we have in our lives are the limits we place on ourselves. Because God is a generous God and when He gives, He gives abundantly. But often what happens is we limit God. And it is us who places that limits on ourselves, not God. Out of the four grounds the seed fell on in the parable of the sower, and I'm sure you're familiar with it, only one ground produced a harvest. The other three failed to produce any harvest. There was nothing wrong with the seed or the sower who sowed the seed. The problem, the word says, was with the ground that the seed fell on. It's the same with our hearts today. There is nothing wrong with the word of God we hear. There's nothing wrong with the word we read or study. 
The problem often is with the state and the condition of our hearts or the ground on which the Word of God falls upon. Now, if our hearts are tender and if they are free from the contaminating influence of the world around us, then the word we receive or the word we hear and put into practice, Jesus said, will bring forth a harvest. In some, 30-fold. In others, 60-fold. And in some, even a hundred-fold return. The word will always produce a harvest if the word happens to be received with a humble heart and with an attitude of honor, faith, and obedience. That's the secret of increase. That's why I have said to you that increase and blessing and growth is governed by a spiritual law. Jesus also said, he said something very interesting in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7 and verse 2. He said, For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you again. Very interesting verse of Scripture. In other words, when we hear the Word of God ministered to us by the Spirit, how do we judge it? Do we judge it as worthy of honor and worthy of our obedience? Or do we judge it as just another word that is common, ineffective, and powerless? How do we measure that word? Because Jesus said, the way we measure the word, the word will measure us, or the blessing that we receive from it will be measured according to the way we hear and measure the word of God we receive. Interesting. The way we judge it, it will judge us. Either we judge it worthy of the blessing or unworthy of the blessing. So when we hear the word of the Lord saying to us, I have loved you with an everlasting love, you are mine. Fear not, for I am with you. How do we judge that word? How do we receive it? When God says, fear not, because I'm with you and I will always be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. How do we judge that word? How do we respond to it? How do we receive those words? It's important. Do we receive them with, wow, the Lord is with me. I don't have to be afraid of anything or anyone. The Lord said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, regardless of where you find yourself. Wow, that's wonderful, Lord. I will not be afraid. I will not allow any fear to overtake me. I will not allow any anxiety or stress or worry to govern my life because I heard what you said. You said that you are with me and if you are with me, who can be against me? You see, how do we judge that word? How do we receive it? 
when we hear the promise of God saying to us, especially in difficult and challenging times, especially when you're being opposed and persecuted, when God says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. How do we judge that word? How do we receive it? How do we respond to it? Do we respond with faith and thanksgiving and praise? Giving thanks to God? For he said that no weapon formed against us will ever prosper. Because our righteousness is from him and not of us. How do we judge that word? The way we judge it, the word will judge us. If we judge that word as true, as honorable, and submit to that word, the blessing of divine protection will be upon us. But if we receive it with unbelief, with fear and doubt, then that word is void of power. You see, the attitude we give to the truth we hear, and the way we measure it, the way we hear it, the way we respond to it, will be the blessing that we receive from it. And that is what governs increase of blessing, increase of peace, increase of prosperity, and increase in the blessings of the Lord that is promised us. It's how we respond to that word. You see, the blessing of the word of God resides in the attitude of the hearer. That's why Jesus said, and to you who hear, more will be given. Well, everybody has ears on his head. But not everybody has spiritual hearing and understanding of what is heard. That is why Jesus said, take heed, be careful what you hear and how you hear. In Mark 4.24, Jesus spoke plainly, showing us this law of increase that we're talking about. Listen to what he said in Mark 4.25. For whoever has, to him more will be given. Pay attention now. For whoever, for whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he has, will be taken away from him. Now, please notice what Jesus said. Whoever has, to him will more be given. We're speaking about the law of increase. The more measure. Then we ask the question... Whoever has what? What is the Lord speaking and talking about here? Of course, he was referring to ears that hear, eyes that see, and a heart that understands. Jesus was actually saying, those who have ears to hear, those who have eyes that see, and a heart that understands, more will be given to them. This is the spiritual law of increase. An increase is governed by hearing ears, seeing eyes, and understanding hearts. Did you get that? 
And then Jesus said, Whoever does not have, have what? Ears that hear, eyes that see, hearts that understands, even what he has will be taken away from him. Now the Lord is not going to take it away from you. The devil will steal it from us. If we don't have eyes, spiritual sight, if we don't have spiritual hearing, if we do not have spiritual understanding, even what we have will be taken away by the enemy from us and sometimes by force. So, that is why the Lord Jesus said, Blessed are your ears, for they hear, and your eyes, for they see. He was speaking, of course, about the ears and the eyes of our spirits, our hearts, because that is where we truly hear the Word of God, and that is where we truly see the magnitude of God's Holy Word. And that is where we truly measure the word we hear in our spirits. Jesus, referring to spiritually blind and deaf people, he quoted from the book of Isaiah saying, listen to what he said in Matthew 13 and verse 15. Now he was speaking to those who were spiritually blind and spiritually deaf. And he said, for the hearts of these people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. So these folks that the Lord was speaking about or referring to, could not receive anything from the Lord because they had eyes but did not see. They had ears but could not hear and they did not understand the Word of God. And the reason why these spiritual senses of theirs became dull was because of the hearts became dull. Now, we have, we have spoken about this several times during the messages that we have given, both myself and Michael. What is a definition of a dull heart? It is a heart that has become callous, hard, insensitive, unresponsive to spiritual things, incapable of any emotion or feeling where spiritual things are concerned. And people who have allowed their hearts to grow hard or dull are unreachable because they are spiritually asleep. And that is a serious concern within the wider body of Christ. Scripture says that if ever they wake up from their spiritual slumber and see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and then turn, God will heal and deliver them. We see from what the Word of God says that healing and deliverance and increase and blessing must be accompanied with seeing eyes, hearing ears, understanding hearts, which produces genuine repentance. And this is such an interesting topic and subject 
And I want you to do your own study on it. Meditate. Meditate on these verses of Scripture and allow the Holy Spirit to to give you a deeper understanding of what I'm speaking and communicating to you about today. Because if we want more of God, if we want more of His blessing, if we want more of His peace, if we want more of His grace, the only way we're going to receive it is as we apply the spiritual law that governs increase, which is governed by a seeing eye, a hearing ear, and an understanding heart. Now let me give you an example from the New Testament when Jesus visited his hometown in Nazareth. The Bible says he was full of the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went there to minister healing to the brokenhearted, He went there to deliver the captives, and there were many, and to to give sight to the blind. And yet we read that not one person got healed, not one person was delivered, and not one blind person received his sight. Though the Lord was willing and ready to minister these wonderful blessings to them, None of them received a miracle. None of them received healing or deliverance. And then we ask the question, why did Jesus could not do any miracles there? And the scripture explains it. Because Jesus was not received with honor, they did not give him the proper recognition and honor he deserved. And he was judged by them, by his own hometown people, as someone who is common and ordinary rather than who he really was and what he really came to do in their town. You see, he was treated with familiarity and disrespect. Why? Why was he treated with such disrespect and familiarity? And the answer was, because the hearts were, were hardened and became dull. They couldn't recognize who he was and what he came to do. They couldn't see it. And as a result of that, they missed the hour of the visitation, the hour of the greatest blessing. They missed it because they didn't have ears to hear or eyes to see. And the same thing happens to many believers today, even though they believe in Jesus. If our hearts grow hard and dull through unforgiveness, through bitterness, through the contaminating influences of of the spirit of this age, if we pursue other things, idols, rather than seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, there comes into our spirits a dullness, a hardness, an insensitivity without us realizing it. And so when the Lord desires to communicate to us in order to lead us in the path of righteousness, we are unable to hear. When God sends a messenger to us, communicating the will of God, or giving us sound wisdom and advice, If we do not have spiritual hearing, we will not be able to hear. We will not be able to recognize as a messenger of the Lord that came to us. And often we miss the blessings of the Lord. Now, these folks in Nazareth, they heard and did not understand. 
They saw, but they did not perceive. And because of that, they missed the blessing that God came to give them through Jesus. In response to their unbelief, when they questioned the Lord, and they said to him, or rather Jesus said to them, Now you will surely say to me, Physician, heal yourself. Do the same miracles you did in Capernaum and in every other place. Do the same here. But he said to them, Listen, listen to what he said. You will undoubt, undoubtedly quote me this proverb, Physician, heal yourself. Meaning, do miracles here in your hometown like those you did in Capernaum. But I tell you the truth, Jesus said, no prophet is accepted in his own hometown. Certainly, he said, there were many needy widows in Israel in Elijah's time, when the heavens were closed for three and a half years, and a severe famine devastated the land, yet Elijah was not sent to any of them. He was sent instead to a foreigner, a widow of Zarephath in the land of Sidon. And many in Israel had leprosy in the time of the prophet Elisha. But the only one healed was Naaman the Syrian. You see, he's giving them examples now from the Old Testament. He says to them, it's not because there was no prophet in Israel who was able to rescue and deliver the widows from famine and dying. Many died. Thousands died of starvation as a result of the severe famine. It's not because there was no answer. There was no prophet. No, it is because of the familiarity the nation had towards the prophet and towards the word of God. They didn't give heed to the word of God. He said to them, there were many widows. Elisha was there. And yet Elijah was not sent to any of them except to a widow in a foreign country. Now here there's a lesson for us to learn, especially for us ministers of the gospel. Many times the only place that the messenger of the Lord is not honored as he should is in his own, is in his own uh, home, in his own, among his own relatives, and in his own kind, in his own countrymen. Why? Because of the familiarity. We get too familiar, not only with the Word of God, but with the messenger that God sends to us very often. And we treat them with disrespect, not honor, with unbelief. And as a result of that, we miss the blessing of the Lord that He came to give us through the Word and through His messenger. For Jesus said, if you receive a prophet, in the name of the prophet, you're going to receive a, a prophet's reward. But if you receive him as a, as a common, ordinary person, you're not going to receive anything from that person. It's the way you see, it's the way you receive, it's the way you respond to the Word of God and to the messenger that God sends to you for your own good and your own spiritual growth and development. And I can testify to this. The people who have received me as a man of God and have honored me as such have grown the most. The people who become familiar and, 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 and don't, don't respond the way God wants them to respond have grown the least. The least. It's a scriptural principle. 
He also told them about the many lepers who were in the time of Elisha the prophet. But not one of them got healed, but only one, a Syrian. That was, he was, he was, um, he was um, a general in the Syrian army. He was not a Jew. He was not an Israelite. So you see here, just as Elijah could not help or minister to any widow, or Elisha could not heal any leper, even so Jesus could not do any miracles in his own town and among his own people because of the hardness of the heart that was accompanied with great unbelief. So, in conclusion to this study, we read in the book of Proverbs that we are to take diligence. In fact, it says, with all diligence, to guard and to keep our hearts, because out of the heart flow the issues of life. Proverbs 4.23, he says, keep your heart. In other words, protect your heart. Guard your spirit man. Uh, be aware of what you allow your eyes to see. Be careful what you're hearing and what you're believing when you hear. Because your eyes and your ears are the gatekeepers of your heart. You know, from what you see and from what you hear, will filter down into your spirit whether good or evil. That is why Jesus said, out of a good treasure of a good man's heart, good things come forth. And out of an evil treasure of an evil man's heart, evil things come forth. You see, the heart of a person, the spirit of a person, is the womb that brings forth either good or evil, depending on what's in it. In other words, what you put in, that's what you're going to get out. If we allow our hearts to grow hard through resentment, through bitterness, through unforgiveness, through strife, through sin, uh, all of these things harden the heart and they put us to spiritual slumber. And then when that happens, we are, without even realizing it, we pull ourselves away from God's divine protection. And when we step into the enemy's territory, then he has freedom and access into our lives at his will. He can come in and out anytime he wants to because we're no longer under the covering, the protection of the Lord. So over and over again in the New Testament, we are warned to take heed to ourselves and remain vigilant and spiritually alert and awake lest we grow weary and tired, giving in to the spirit of this age. Jesus spoke about this day, and he said in Luke's Gospel, chapter 21, verse 34 to 36, Jesus said the following, he said, Take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, with drunkenness, with the cares of this life, and that day come on you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the earth. Watch therefore, he said, 
and pray always. Why? So that you may be counted worthy to escape all of these things that will come to pass and to be able to stand before the Son of Man on that day unashamed. What will keep us in a state of readiness is watchfulness and prayer. That is why, that is why I, I spoke about it last week. The, the time we spend in prayer and watch, watch and pray, you will see that phrase throughout the Bible. Prayer and watchfulness keep us spiritually awake, makes us aware of what goes on around us spiritually, makes us aware of the Holy Spirit within us, makes us more sensitive to God's word, to God's voice, and to God's leadership. The scriptures have much to say about being watchful in prayer and not dozing off to sleep. Listen to what Paul said to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 5 through 8. Paul wrote an epistle saying, You are all sons of light and sons of the day. So you, there's a revelation for you. You are a son or a daughter of light and of the day. You're not of the night. You're of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, because we are sons of the light, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. He's not talking about physical sleep. He's talking about spiritual sleep. And alertness. For those who sleep, he says, they sleep at night. And those who get drunk, they get drunk at night. But let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. It's so, uh, the word of God is so plain. Again, Paul, by the Spirit of God, writing to the church in Rome, he reminds them, and he says in, in, in chapter 13, verse 11, Do this, knowing the time. We need to understand the seasons and the times we're living in. That now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than we first believed. So the necessity is upon us, the responsibility to keep awake is upon us. And believe me, it is a struggle, it is a discipline, but the Holy Spirit is waiting on us and for us to allow Him and to yield our members to Him so that He can keep us spiritually awake. And nothing awakes us more than constantly being in prayer and communication with God the Father. You don't have to kneel down all over the place to pray. You can talk to God any time of the day. You can fellowship with the Holy Spirit throughout the day. You can, you can communicate. You can converse. You can ask questions. The Lord loves to communicate and to share intimate fellowship with each and every one of us. So we see here, in closing, that increase is governed by law. And that law has to do with the seeing eye, the hearing ear, and the understanding heart.
And so we need to pray, Lord, thank you. For my eyes are blessed for they see. My ears are blessed for they hear. They are able to discern. They are able to hear your voice. My heart is able to understand you and understand your word. So continue to thank God for giving you seeing eyes and a hearing ear and a heart that understands. Your heart is not dull, is not hard. The Lord is with you and he is molding us and shaping us and, and guiding us from day to day. And, and, and he talks to every single one of us. All we need to do is just to pay attention. The word of God says, be still and know that I am God. If we give God the time and the stillness and the quietness he needs, he will get through to us. He will prompt us in our spirit. He will bring things to our minds. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's how he leads. That's how he guides us. He sensitizes our hearts and our minds to be able to recognize his voice above every other voice that comes to us. You know, the world, there are so many voices out there wanting our attention. But there is a voice that stands above every other voice, and that is the voice of our shepherd. So I encourage you to practice listening to the Spirit. Practice listening to God. Don't allow stress and worry and fear to overtake you, overcome you. Quote the promises of God out loud. Let your ears hear it. Let your eyes read it and see it and walk in the ways of the Lord. That way we will be fully awake. We will be sober, spiritually alert and receive the greater measure of the blessings of God. Amen. So you've learned something today. And I want to encourage you to study these verses and study the law of increase, especially Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 24 and 25. Do, a, do your own study on it. Uh, dig into it and allow the Spirit to take you further into this wonderful revelation. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us eyes that see, ears that hear, and a heart that understands your ways and your word, dear Lord. For you said, blessed are your eyes, for they see, and blessed are your ears, for they hear. We give you thanks that you are softening our hearts, that you are bringing us to a place of readiness. You're preparing us for the new wine. You're preparing our hearts, our minds. You're renewing them every single day so that we are able to receive a greater measure of your blessing, of your presence, of your peace. A greater involvement of you, dear Lord, in our daily challenges. Those of us who are facing challenges today, those of us who are confused, I pray for them that the word of the Lord may come clearer and clearer to them that they may hear a word saying to them, Fear not, for I am with you in all your ways, in all your circumstances, whether they're good or bad. I am still there working everything out for your own good because I have a plan and I have a purpose for your life. And my plan is to bless you and not to harm you. So Lord, I lift them up to you today. I lift up my spiritual family and I thank you for giving us Indeed, revelation knowledge through eyes that see, ears that hear, and a heart that understands you and your ways and your word. 
We give you thanks for that in Jesus' precious and wonderful name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.